Here we go. Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we're simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains and transit, adventures and life hacks, and today, getting weird. Together. Exactly. Getting united and weird. You know, United also has three beginning letters that match up with something related to our guest for today as well. Mono. Exactly. (laughs) We've got the Mono Unipiper. (laughs) The the Mono Piper. (laughs) On my Mono wheel. (laughs) We've got Brian, the Unipiper, in the studio this evening. Thanks for coming on, Brian. Yeah, it's my pleasure to be here again. Yeah. Yeah. Number two for you? Number two. All right. Good deal. So we still have to get our patch club going. Oh, yeah. One, one of these years. We've got like our five timers. We'll have, who probably all should have a patch by now. We'll have like the main sprocket patch and then like little stars or something that you can sew on mm-hmm. or around the patch. I dig it. I like Excellent. This. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming back on, Brian. It's a pleasure to have you. It's a pleasure to be here. And um, we'll be getting into some fun projects that you've been up to lately. Uh, but before we do that, we, we had a... No, no, Mulligan, we had a dual episode combined into one. Yeah. But, but you didn't hear our voices live-ish last week. So we, we have some catching up to do, don't we? We did Aaron? a bit of a sprocket mashup. Um, and that was in the honor... Sprock-up. <laughs> the The mash-hawk? The mash-it? Nope. No. No. <laughs> uh, that was in honor of our friends from Scuba, Japan. And... Um, I know it sounds like S-C-U-B-A, but it's spelled very differently. It has a T at the beginning. That it does. But yeah, they came over and they hung out with us um, again for another year running. Uh, we didn't get them in the studio, unfortunately, just because their time here didn't coincide with a time that we could get uh, studio time. Um, but we still had some good writing in and... Um, some rice. We did yes. have some rice. Yeah, we did. Rice was had. <laughs> the rice cookers uh, made some rice. And, uh, gosh. Well, what did we do? Let's, let's see. Let's go over a little bit, uh, some highlights. Okay. Well, I'd say most of it was my highlight. I just had a... I always have a good time with Tad <laughs> in town. Yeah. Tack was also along and celebrated his 22nd birthday here in the United States. So, yay for taking trips <laughs> and not being i'm guessing like with all of his friends during that but also he had some portland friends with he him. made new friends exactly. to celebrate his birthday exactly. with yes um yeah it was super fun we did a infrastructure ride last saturday and um one of the purposes of the rice cookers coming to portland this time is they're working on a documentary about cycling culture and trying to take that and relate it to a lot of projects and sort of um, movements within the city that they're working on back at home. So we went to Kittical Mass and then had a ride leaving from Selwood Bridge that did a sort of what's what and who's who of infrastructure over the last 35 or 40 years here in Portland. I would say maybe not the greatest hits. Well, it is in a, in a way. It depends all depends on, on, if on you're like the transit wonk. <laughs> <laughs> right. It depends on like your rubric for measuring it, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I would say it's like the most unique hits. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, the things that 
I, I mean, I'm not a, a bike infrastructure expert or haven't experienced bike infrastructure in every city, but I've been, I've experienced it in many cities. And I would say what we rode through is probably the most Portlandy or unique to Portland infrastructure pieces that we, um, yeah, that we have. Yeah, super fun. We um, talked about everything from the old system of bike route markings, which I like to call pie plates, uh, mostly oh, yeah. faded out from the streets these days. I like then, how they never really took them up. Like, well, I mean, there was, I think the number was there was like 800 something of them that were initially installed. Okay. Uh, but they get driven down pretty quickly is, yeah. is kind of my guesstimate. The Sharrows are a much better way to navigate because they're huge and so you don't simply like bypass them and think it's a random like pothole cover or something like that at night <laughs> right? uh, but yeah from that all the way to uh, community activist projects that blocked off sections of street along Tillamook and then a really interesting public-private partnership down in southwest Portland which is part of the Riverview Cemetery which by the way ended up in the news again this week you're kidding me for a cyclist on somebody else collision oh no yeah so oh. we, we talked about how important some of those relationships are um and in the perspective that uh riverview doesn't actually have to let people through that property if they don't want to yeah so uh, behave yourselves ex- portland yeah it's like and this is why we can't have nice things <laughs> oh. <laughs> or they get oh. taken away temporarily until until things cool down so i'm hoping there's no closure as a result of that but if you are riding riverview cemetery i would encourage you to give um full deference to anybody who's walking right. or perhaps strolling through riverview so that we can all keep riding it in the future yes yes they also could be visiting a loved one that's yep. buried there yep uh think about that no firecrackers i will, I will in the guilt the sh- i will guilt the shit out of you i will use guilt as a motivator yeah yeah, I don't mind it. It was pretty mellow when we were there, though. No, it, it totally was. That was. Uh, I think there was like some sort of memorial service towards the top going on, though. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But we were like a good. Oh yeah, five hundred yeah, yards yeah. off of that. No, I had music playing, and then like once we entered the cemetery, I like had shut it off. Yeah, it's um, cemeteries. I think in general for either like biking or walking through. I don't know. I've always found myself kind of gravitating towards them, like. Back in uh, Eastern Oregon growing up, a friend and I lived about five miles from each other and would either bike or walk, and the cemetery was in the middle, so it would have like a, a picnic cemetery lunch. Oh, uh, cool. So, I don't know. They're they're special places for many reasons. Sure, uh, sure. But I'm always appreciative when there's sort of like a multi-use aspect to those yep. spaces because I feel like they have uh, contemporary and also a uh, a memory-type use. That's that's my story. The uh, speaking of many uses in a cemetery, uh, some of my favorite memories in cemeteries is uh, the one in Southeast. What is that on Washington? Oh, I don't know. Do you know that near Washington? The one near Belmont. Yes, the big one. Yes. Uh, Lone oh. Fir. Lone Fir. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, they have a yearly Shakespeare in the Park. In oh in right. the cemetery. Yes. Yeah. I've gone there a few times. Nice. Yeah, it's been pretty good. But just the fact that you're, I don't know, there's something very, very interesting and very neat about watching Shakespeare in a cemetery. So, you're, mm. you know, I don't know, maybe it's my inner goth coming out. Very Macbeth. <laughs> right? They do ghost tours, I know, there. Oh, yeah. That, okay. Around Halloween every year that I always mean to do and have never made it. Gotcha. Oh, that would be fun. 
So many. I wonder if that's the only spot that does ghost tours in town. I don't know, but there's. I know there's a lot of cool stories in that cemetery. Like they've got some really unique uh, headstones in there. I think there's one that's set up like a Scrabble board. Okay. Oh really? Some really crazy stuff. Oh, I have to check that one out. The heck with it. This is how I'm going out. (laughs) (laughs) I love Scrabble, by the way. (laughs) Nice. Oh well, I'll keep that on my radar for next Halloween for sure. It sounds like the haunted houses around town have maybe had their good years and their bad years, but we were trying to go to one. And it just seemed like all the reviews were like, yeah, this is not a fun experience. So uh, who, who knows? Decision made. Decision made. Yeah. It, not that you should always make your decisions based off of Google and Yelp reviews. Um, I think is it Malcolm Gladwell famously is like, yep, I don't deal with that shit. Like if I'm going to go and have a terrible time, I'm going to go and have a terrible time, but it's going to be my decision. <laughs> uh, it's my terrible time. Exactly. Yeah. So it t- takes ownership of that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'll keep it. I'll keep it on the roadmap coming up for uh halloween there and uh, then when it's bad you can blame me no i won't i won't well Unipiper! <laughs> wait, do you have like a twitter account or something that we could like publicly be like oh by no <laughs> i've got a yelp page and you can leave me a bad yelp oh, review. No yelp. Shit. <laughs> what okay Unipiper has I, a wanna, yelp page. I, did, I just want to point out i did not create my yelp page <laughs> somebody else did and so now people can review oh my Unipiper. gosh <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to learn. I want to hear about your Yelp uh, page, if if, if I, that's something you feel like talking about. I, I was gonna go to bed right after recording, but now I'm gonna stay up and read all your one star reviews. It won't take you very long, not because there's not a lot of one star <laughs> reviews, but only because there's not a lot of reviews. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, but it, it was. Um, it, the only, I don't know a lot about it. Uh, it. I've got like five reviews on there, and the main thing I know about being on Yelp is that every two weeks I get a call from like my Yelp representative wanting to like sell me advertisements oh and I, yeah. I'm like no oh, thank no. you yeah, I, yeah. I, I, no <laughs> so I, interestingly for Yelp like one of their profit or, or other motivations is they've actually been taken to court in California is I believe in um, context of holding back positive reviews or oh, like yeah. letting negative reviews out for people that don't pay them oh, advertising money wow. so if you want to keep those one stars rolling just keep hanging up that phone yeah um, <laughs> But but yeah, there's no actual legal requirement for them to post everything, so that's where you get your uh, really shady ad revenue in how between. Is, how is that not extortion? Uh, well, it is, but it depends on how you define it or how good your lawyers it's are not, or something it's not like that. Legally distor- extortion. Yeah. Now, yeah. my they, question is, why hasn't anyone trolled the Yelp system yet and mm-hmm. be like? Just imagine the attention you would get if you were known as having the worst reviews on Yelp, like mm-hmm. the most number of one stars. Oh, yeah. I think there there is a restaurant. I'm trying to remember if it uh-huh. was in L.A. or New York, but basically they like printed out their one star review and there it, it is, you know, some horrible one star review. And they're like, yep, come eat at the sh- fucking worst place in town. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sign on the wall. Leave us a one star exactly. review. Like. Incentive, like give, we'll give you five dollars if you leave us a one star review, right? Or something like that. <laughs> I'm sure. What, that if, what if we we start a, a Yelp uh, section for Yelp? Mm-hmm. Oh, is Yelp on Yelp? Yes. I would yes. love oh, to exactly. leave a review. They they should Yelp be open to their own review. Do we and know? have to pay themselves for yeah. their five star? I feel like going on Google reviews and seeing if there's a Yelp review. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, stars. how do you like your own medicine? Oh. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, I know what I'm checking out after. <laughs> I, this is a rabbit hole I'm going to go down. <laughs> well, there is one place that I hope doesn't have any one stars. I would imagine it doesn't have any one stars. I would and say even if it does, if you interface with the public, chances are if you're around for more than about a week, 
you will eventually come across an unreasonable person. So I'm willing to bet that even if there are one-star reviews for the place you might be talking about, yes. they're, they're completely uh, superfluous to the point. <laughs> <laughs> right on. All of the uh, five-star reviews sort of balance it out, yeah, I imagine. Exactly. Yes. It's what where what we, place are you speaking well, of, it's, Aaron? It's where we ended our infrastructure ride. This is true. It's a, it's a great place to end many bicycle rides, and that is the Beermongers on Southeast Division and 12th. Which also happens to be our beverage sponsor. And um, one beverage that they have there, or first, what are, what are you having, Aaron? As always, a Lionheart kombucha. Excellent. And this is a raspberry harvest. I was looking for something sweet today. Yeah, that's, that's all I'm saying about that. Excellent. <laughs> there's, there's nothing behind that. I was just, sweet, I was sweet, just in the mood kombucha. for something sweet. And well, we, we learned on the show, actually, just this evening that there's another beer that the beer mongers has. Oh um, yeah, before we 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 before we recorded. Oof. You, you, <laughs> it's been that point zero one percent there. <laughs> it's really <laughs> I'm feeling it. Yep. <laughs> uh, but I might actually let Brian tell us a little bit about what's oh, sitting yes. on the table here. Sure. Yes, uh, I brought with me today to share. Uh, this is called the Unipiper Hazy IPA. Um, it is in a gorgeous 22-ounce bottle, and it was uh, brewed as a collaboration between myself and uh, one of Portland's oldest uh, microbreweries, Portland Brewing. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And with the um, ale, you were involved in pretty much every step of that. How did that happen, or did they approach you? Or So this was an idea that I uh, cooked up uh, a couple of years ago. I have had this idea in the back of my head for the longest time that, like, there should be some sort of organization to uh, help preserve our famous culture of weird here in town. And I you know, knew that would take a little bit of money to get off the ground and a little bit of organization. And uh, I was like, how would I kind of kickstart this idea? And um, knowing what Portland is famous for and what my interests are, I was like, what if we made a beer to kickstart this idea? Mm-hmm. So I put out the call to social media to be like, hey, I want to make a Unipiper beer that uh, supports a good cause and is going to do something good for Portland. And um, so I had... Uh, many breweries in Portland reach out and be like, tell us more. This sounds great. And um, talk to some really great people in the beer community uh, here in Portland. Um, and and uh, talk to the folks at Portland Brewing in particular who were just like, yes, like this idea is fantastic. We want to help. What can we do? So uh, we came up with the idea of this beer. And um, uh, through this beer, uh, they Portland Brewing donated $5,000 to kick off my crazy weird idea, which is uh, now called Weird Portland United. Okay. And it's the first uh, nonprofit dedicated to keeping Portland weird. Interesting. And it is partly funded uh, by beer. Okay. And what Which, is uh, that seems natural? Yeah, you know, <laughs> like a match made in Portland. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> cool. Uh, what does the organization focus on? And so that's something that you're actively involved in, sort of setting up, or or it's in in the setup or past setup phase. I it, guess. Yeah, I it's say. a real thing, but okay. but it's in the uh, you know I, I my background is not in running nonprofits, so I've have a uh, large learning curve uh, here. So uh, anyways, uh, I'm just uh, hitting the ground running, you know, reading through all 800 pages of the Oregon Guide to Nonprofits and trying to figure out, uh, you know, all the ins and outs of of this stuff. Uh, But that's the boring stuff. The fun stuff is is, uh, focusing on how this initiative is actually going to help keep Portland weird. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, we've got a a laundry list of of crazy, wacky ideas that we want to accomplish. Um, First and foremost, being just to raise awareness like uh, 
how long have you been in Portland? I've been in Portland since 2011, 2012. Okay, yeah. yeah. And and Aaron, you've... A little less than 10 years. Okay, yeah. yeah so you guys have seen, you know, how things felt the shift, you know, yes. especially in the past. I feel like I, I caught just the tail end of, like, classic Portland. Right. So the, the growth that is just happening now, especially over the past two or three years, is just it's it does feel exponential you see these new buildings going up and um it just kind of feels a little cleaner in a in a bad way if right. that makes sense <laughs> um i always say that the, the weird is the easy stuff to sweep under the rug as we sort of sanitize portland and uh make it more uh bland so to say so you know i, I these this culture of the the things that were keeping Portland interesting, I just didn't want to see that fall to the wayside. Right so on. first and foremost, we are just raising awareness and educating people because I think the reasons that people uh, are choosing to come to Portland, uh, th- those are changing as well. So like when, when I came to Portland, I, th- I feel like most people were coming here because it was an active choice. Like they wanted to be a part yes. of the culture. They mm-hmm. wanted what Portland had to offer. Yes. Now what we're getting and, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that this is bad in any way. I'm just saying it is what it is. It's it comes with growth and, you know, everywhere is is changing and getting bigger and, you know, populations going up. Um, but people are coming to Portland now because we are, uh, you know, the next San Francisco or a tech haven. There's all these jobs here. So people are moving to Portland for these jobs and, and then uh, they have to come here and then learn why Portland is awesome. <laughs> so it's up to us, you know, the people who are here and, and get it uh, to perpetuate and share that culture and spread that message and, and uh, do a little education. So, you know, instead of being one of those people who just stand by and complain about Portland's not how it used to be i'm like well let's make sure that it stays that way and let's uh reach out and and uh just spread the message mm-hmm. and while we're at it let's uh do some other fun stuff let's uh host some really weird events like we want to start a uh, weird portland hall of fame um and we want to do like that sounds really cool yeah yeah um we, we want to do like uh weird art shows and highlight uh have a whole uh car show for weird art cars oh, um yeah. And if you've ever Which, spent too much time in downtown or at least like inner, you'll, you'll, there's a couple of famous cars I feel like within the city. Yeah. And just every time you see those, it kind of puts a smile on your face. Yes. Whether yep. you like yes. it or not, you're like, that, that <laughs> is just ridiculous. And we'll see more of that. Mm-hmm. Is it um, something that was inspired by, so I'm thinking back, like the Church of Elvis or the Peculiarium. <laughs> Uh, it, it does it harken towards a bit of that eccentrism, or very much so? Okay. Um, the Church of Elvis is, is always my go-to example of like the things that we've lost, um, and you know, people coming here now have no idea yeah. what the Church of Elvis uh, was or is. Um, so, actually, that's something I'm hoping we can do is uh, reach out to the lady behind that project and maybe resurrect the okay. Church of uh, Elvis. Dig that up would the, be yeah, that would be so great. Like digging up the yeah. corpse of the king, and <laughs> Elvis has not left this building. Mm-hmm. Um, for for our listeners, also from afar, what what was the Church of Elvis? Church of Elvis. How would you describe it? The Church of Elvis, I guess, was, it was a window. It was a window. <laughs> yes, I guess you would say it's an, an art installation. Yeah, yeah. Would be the proper yeah. term. But I don't think I feel like but that doesn't still, do it justice. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's beyond that. It is an interactive. Uh, um, shrine uh, where you could uh, it was coin operated and you could put money in the slot and and push different buttons and a uh, computer generated voice would say crazy things and you could push buttons to initiate a wedding ceremony and you could get married oh, yeah. at the Church of Elvis yes. and there were all these flashing spinning lights and it was just in the middle of downtown Portland 
It was as if, uh, you know, the, the Zoltar mm. fortune teller mm-hmm. machine that is famous in, in the movie Big. Yep. It's like as if one of those was installed in a window and then possessed by the spirit of Elvis. Yeah, that's a pretty good description. <laughs> but it made no sense. No, and no, <laughs> none whatsoever. And especially for the people who were walking by and had, you know, never seen it before, tourists and stuff, just watching them try to figure it out it was <laughs> fantastic. And that's kind of something I try to do with, like, the Unipiper, too. Like, I want people to see the Unipiper. And, there were and, no instructions, either. No, no you no. just kind of went there and you, you just sort of figured it out. Yeah, yeah. It, it didn't say, like, come interact with me. You yep. just had to be intrigued enough to, to stop mm. and look for a minute. Yeah. Take, take the leap of faith. Yeah. You were saying with the, with um, the Unipiper, the character of yeah. the Unipipe. Do you, do you view it as a character or? I don't view it as a character okay. because the line is like, where does Brian in and where does the Unipiper start? Right. That's a very blurry line. Okay. Um, you know, the, the, it, it is a spectrum and uh, the, there are times when I feel full on Unipiper and I feel very removed from Brian, but there's times when I'm like, what I'm doing is the Unipiper is like one in the same of, mm-hmm. of like, what i do and choose to do and believe in yeah yeah so you bring you bring yourself to it i do and it and it pays you back in turn vice versa (laughs) nice yeah so uh another thing that we're trying to do um in that same vein with weird portland united is to raise money to give out these grants for people that have ideas in town that want to do a weird project and and um you know when I moved to Portland, it was a place where you could do something like the Unipiper and it would have uh, some degree of success. Yeah. Um, and I, and support as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Like not necessarily financial, but sometimes right. financial, I, but I'm defining success but, by, you know, uh, happiness and, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so w- the question I always find myself asking now is like, if I had to come to Portland now and, and do it all over again, could the Unipiper still be successful if I just started doing it today or what, what, huh. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't know the answer to that question, but w- what I want to see happen is make sure that Portland remains a place where the next Unipiper out there could do their thing and, and that that thing, whatever it is, is still embraced. Um, and it's something that Portland could be, uh, known as the, uh, origin of. Mm-hmm. Definitely. There's, um, a couple of like, I guess different phases. I'm, I'm thinking of specifically to unicycling the the unicycle bastards seem to yeah. like sort of come and go there for a moment but they put out some pretty fun uh events from time to time yeah you know the the tall bike community is another mm-hmm. uh, sort of weird thing that you see yeah um it but came out f- of the the chunk era i you know feel yeah. yeah i feel though that i haven't seen as many tall bikes around lately do you Not guys feel much. the same way yeah yeah there's yeah. if you're down on Clinton, I still feel like there's a little bit. That's of like passage. where their collective is. I think down in the yeah, Clinton area. We that were... would be shoot. Is that the the Paz um, mm-hmm. area? Paz okay. is the the organization. Okay. That um, or the collective that hangs out down there. Gotcha. Yeah, I feel like when I used to live a little further out on Clinton, the that that would be like your once a week or twice a week. It's like, oh, sweet. Brock has a tall bike. We should we should uh be like, hey Brock, get your get, get your tall, your tall bike, bike out. out. <laughs> yeah, come on, Portland needs you. <laughs> <laughs> you have a responsibility, <laughs> listeners. If you have a tall bike and you live in Portland, it is yes. your duty, yes, to ride it more. <laughs> we implore you, or let us know and we'll come ride it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I won't. I'm afraid of those. Oh things. yeah. Yeah. Oh, tall bike sounds. <laughs> I'm too scared. Tall bikes are fun. Um. We were talking to some folks from the Zoo Bomb crowd, and they had yeah. a couple of tall bikes, but none, none of them arrived on this uh, 
most recent get together. No. They, they were lamenting one or two broken tall bikes in the backyard, I seem to recall, but maybe a, a push for getting those back up and, uh, and running again. Absolutely. Uh, so when you think of projects that this movement is looking to support, what, what else comes to mind? Or have you had people kind of reach out to you and sort of send some feelers in terms of what their interests are as relates to what you're doing? Yes. Uh, so I my vision for Weird Portland United is that it's a organization not just for people who identify as weird, but for anyone who appreciates the concept of weird. Um, so it, it's uh, part of how we're raising funds. It's a membership-based organization so we have individual and business level memberships um priced very reasonably so if it interests you you can support and say that you are you know literally helping to keep portland weird um you know there's a lot of people i think that that want to say that they do that but they don't have the time or the artistic talent or feel that you know that they don't have anything they can offer you know uh that way but you know they can help in a different way um and we've got uh we're calling all of our members uh weirdo so you can this is how you can be an official official (laughs) portland weirdo and everyone gets an official uh portland uh weird portland united membership pin and a sticker with our logo which i should share with you and we should probably talk about here you can oh Oh, cool the benson bubblers that is also like kind of a a octopus octopod right so our logo is is yes a benson bubbler uh and then it has been uh combined with an octopus uh so there's tentacles coming out the bottom of the benson bubbler and then eyeballs floating on the top of the the water coming out the top Mm -hmm. and so what i the thought behind that was we want to take something that's iconically portland um and then do something weird and wacky with it um which is what we want to do we want to take portland and make it weird um also holding a monocle it is holding a monocle because why not yeah (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. <laughs> I love that. Like, it it might have sounded innocuous, but the why not? I think is like such a critical component of like why not? Like that is kind of what propagates a lot of that uh, inspiration in the first place as well. Like, there's no like why really ride justifiable a reason to do this, yeah. but why not? Yeah, why not? Why why put a Darth Vader mask on? And, why and not play I think the a, bagpipes? I think know? a lot why of not? people probably have that weird idea and they just don't act on it because mm. they don't see a reason to. And so, this is showing people that you don't need a reason, right? And the, the octopus itself—it's a purple color, and I, I kind of think that's an homage to our old purple octopus that we used to have hanging down. Oh snap! Downtown. Yes. Yeah, over the uh, old Greek uh, cuisine, I yeah. think it was. Yep. Yeah, which I'm sad to That's, say no longer I exists. I say four years ago, five, four maybe? or five years ago. Is this when it finally Alexis? got taken down? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, the Greek restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. I think they moved their catering up to the other side of the river, but yeah, the downtown location there is... is not not that building anymore. No, and I know at first when the octopus got taken down, I think it was moved to a barbershop in Hillsboro. Oh, really? <laughs> no I don't, kidding. I don't know if it's <laughs> still there. Maybe it needs a friend in the form of a stick at the beer mongers. <laughs> <laughs> Re- relocate the octopus. <laughs> Do you know where it ended up? Or, so it's not there anymore? Or it's still I don't know. It, it might be. It okay. Might be. Well, that Maybe one like of our hunt. listeners, uh, one of your listeners yeah, can, can, can let us know. Nice. That would be a fun pedal palooza ride. Like go find the go octopus. find the octopus. Exactly. That's a that's maybe a bike tag. Mm-hmm. That could be. Are you familiar with the bike tag? 
No, let do tell. Uh, so Bike Tag is a project which is um, not formally run by anybody, but hosted at I think it's just pdxbiketag.com or org. Uh, if you search Bike Tag Portland, it'll it should pop up as the first result. But uh, basically, people take rides and post photographs of their bicycle in prominent or not so prominent Portland locations, and it's kind of one of those like, hey, if you know it. You can go tag it, and then you can take a picture at another location that oh, interests nice. you. Uh, so it, there is definitely a bit of the no factor. Um, some places are like very, very obvious if mm-hmm. you've spent any amount of time in Portland. Others are decently obscure or, or very far from the city center. So uh, the bike tag or, or something to that degree. They've been on a mural um, bent for the past couple of weeks, so it's pretty fun. You can just go scroll through like five or ten Portland murals, but... Uh, it's, it's free and open to anybody who has something that they can take a photo with and a bicycle. So, so it's a hashtag and a website. Yeah, kind of. It's, uh, you, you basically upload a photo and, uh, of your bike in the location and then you ride somewhere else and you upload that second photo of your bike in a new one. Hmm. And that, that's all. So I, that's I think fun. it's a nice way to at least get out and do a ride around Portland. Yeah, totally. That's really cool. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they, well, they probably don't need funding cause it's, it's hosted for free on GitHub. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. Fun, fun stuff. Um, what so in terms of projects that you're supporting presently through the nonprofit, is there anything coming down the pipe or anything that you're excited to be able to uh, facilitate? So right now uh, we are in sort of the membership drive phase. Um, if we're going to do anything, we got to raise some funds. Um, you know, it, it's it was scary finding out how much money it costs to actually set things up and how much money the state of Oregon needs and the IRS needs for your five hundred one c three filing. Mm-hmm. So um, we've got a slew of appearances. It's uh, not just a matter of like signing papers. No, it, it like takes <laughs> really? money. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we uh, we've got a slew of of, of appearances uh, slated to coming up this summer. Um, I'm going to be at a lot of the street fairs mm-hmm. um, with a weird Portland United table to try and uh, just get the word out and sign folks up. Um, and then uh, hopefully by uh, summertime we'll have things in place where we can start uh, putting the application process out uh, mm-hmm. for calling of these ideas. Mm. Um, I've already had, you know, some people reach out and be like, I've got this crazy idea. I want to build a interactive robot in my front yard. And I'm like, yes. Yes. The- yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Here's $1,000. Please do that. <laughs> and, th- and then uh, someone can go and bike tag it. Yeah. Nice. Um, but, uh, and then later in the year, uh, we want to, our, our big initiative this year is going to be uh, to, to have our, uh, annual fundraising gala slash the kickoff for uh, the weird hall of fame mm-hmm. so um you know the, the, it, it's really hard uh to to have a full-time job to be the unipiper <laughs> to have a 15 month old baby at home and to try and launch oh, a non-profit snap. congratulations thank you yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so also what i'm looking for right now um and you know if anyone listening uh, is interested, get in contact with us. The website is weirdportlandunited.org. Um, but we're looking for uh, more board members that uh, maybe have experience in the nonprofit world or have uh, certain skill sets. You know, we need, we need everything from uh, social media, video production, uh, event planning. Um, if, if keeping Portland weird sounds good to you, um, hey, talk to me about it, please. Mm-hmm. When people think of uh, the word weird, what what way do you describe that to kind of like activate light bulbs in people's in people's minds it's a good question uh because i always say that if you ask a hundred different people in portland what weird means or what keeping portland weird means you're probably going to get a hundred different answers yeah and in a way that's really cool because it, it 
people can kind of uh, personalize that in uh, definition and it means a little bit more to them. Um, When I think of it, I I see weird. You got to be careful too because weird is a weird word Mm -hmm. in the fact... (laughs) A couple of uh, connotations. That its connotation can be completely positive or completely negative. Um, And, and, you know, there's the bad kind of weird and and then, you know, you you can... I got a preference, you know, the, the, we're, we're looking out for the good kind of weird okay. in Portland. Um, and, and primarily for me, that's anything that is uniquely Portland. Okay. Whatever makes Portland Portland. It doesn't have to, you know, be um, multicolor and have streamers and, you know, shoot fireworks. Um, you know, if it's something that is can only be found in Portland, that's what I'm interested in. That's mm-hmm. truly what keeps Portland weird. It's, it's what keeps Portland Portland. Do you or have you gotten any interest from the street art community or folks who do more like guerrilla installations and that kind of jazz? I mean, obviously, if you did, you probably wouldn't want to name any names. Yeah. But uh, is has there been any, any pickup from that crowd? Not specifically yet. But one thing that I want, uh, aim to do with this is through the website. Uh, be a central resource uh, for all of the various subcultures in Portland. There's a lot of active subcultures that are already doing really weird stuff, and they may not by themselves have the um, you know membership numbers to, to sort of get their message out, but if you create an umbrella to bring all of these strange, fantastical, vibrant subcultures all together where people can go and be like, oh my gosh, there's all this cool stuff in Portland and they can find out about it. Um, you know, it's going to get people more active and, and just sort of, uh, I think, raise the collective cultural identity capital in Portland. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one thing I would like to do is just sort of bring folks together and, and get more eyes on on this stuff and then i think that the culmination of that aspect would be to host a keep portland weird festival okay oh which, yes which get, it would be like uh an activities fair in college where you get yeah. all these organizations to come out and set up a table and then you can go to it and just be like what am i interested in <laughs> oh <laughs> wow let's see yeah. That'd fire be cool. juggling bike jousting which one should yeah. i go with yeah both there's <laughs> one that does both yeah <laughs> fire juggling bike jousting yeah <laughs> <laughs> People. You just pick pick uh, uh, these clubs out of a hat and then just put them together. <laughs> <laughs> Underwater Dungeons and Dragons. Oh. I'm there. Wow, now there's two clubs I want to join. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. So, what do the next six months look like for the organization, and um, where where are you where are you headed? The next six months is going to be, like I said, uh, focused primarily on, on just getting the word out, mm-hmm. um, bringing people together uh, to, to help spread some of this workload because it's you know more than just one Unipiper can can handle right mm-hmm. now, um, and. and uh, Hopefully from there, you know, I want to see these uh, grants to be a regular recurring thing um, to, to keep people's ideas flowing. Um, and I, I'm sure it's going to raise some sort of attention and just any attention is just going to inspire more people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I want this to act as uh, a hall pass or a permission for fo- the Like I said, I feel like a lot of people probably have weird ideas in this town and they're embarrassed or they feel like that they don't have permission to just go out and act and be who they want to be. Mm-hmm. So if, if we normalize the weird in a way, but, but not, uh, <laughs> wa- but not water it down. Right. Um, you know, encourage folks to, to get out and, uh, you know, for, for me it's unipiping, but, uh, for somebody else who knows what it is and, and, uh, I want to see it. And I think, uh, Portland would be better if, if we all just gave less fucks.
Yeah. Yes. <laughs> How's that beer this, treating you down it's there? It's so yeah. good. Yeah. I've admittedly been on the hazy IPA train a little <laughs> bit. It's, you know, I, it's, you kind of get these waves within town. So um, it's quite tasty. Thank and you. I always enjoy a new beer. This is one I've not had before, so yeah, very, very much thanks for bringing it. I'm to the really, show. I'm really digging the artwork here. Yeah, the uh, artwork is yeah amazing. I, I should give oh, okay. So so we're drinking from uh, the the hazy Unipiper hazy IPA 22 ounce bottle, which is nearing the end of its uh, shelf life. It came out in uh, mid January. Oh, okay. um, and this yeah. was a limited edition project. Um, and the uh, 22 ounce bottle, the artwork design on it, it's a silk screen bottle, so it's printed right on the bottle. Oh, which nice. that in and of itself, I feel like, is a dying art in the yeah. beer mm-hmm. scene right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you're seeing much more uh, uh, the shift towards cans, and, and the bottles that we do have are mainly just printed labels. But there's something, you know, we wanted this to be like a collector's item, you know, something that people could put up on their shelves and have it be a mini piece of art. And so that's exactly what we did. We uh, worked with a uh, Portland artist named Beth Kirshen. Um, and she does a lot of these crazy uh, photo montage. Um, she captures the spirit of Portland, not through photos, um, but not as reality is, but as she sees it in her mind. So she's got this one where it's like a giant totem pole of all of these classic Portland signs and neon signs. And it's just like a tower. And it's fantastic. That's um, another art we're kind of losing or- yeah recently yeah, is, yeah. is so all the, the classic signs. neon signs yeah, yeah. hung yeah. far low <laughs> yes yes um so anyways this bottle um i so so let me i'll talk a little bit more about this beer series this is actually um it is the the unipiper beer but it is the first in an ongoing series called the keep portland weird beer series this is official keep portland weird you see at the top oh, it's yeah. printed keep portland weird by the way is that like a trademark that is item? a trademark yes okay so um that phrase was coined by uh terry courier in town who owns music millennium and um, it's in that specific font right and there. that's yeah just how it looks speaking mm-hmm. of music millennium it's that just celebrated a 50 years 50th anniversary yeah yep. yeah congratulations yeah the oldest uh record store west of the mississippi now oh wow yeah um so anyways um this beer series will uh, continue past the the Unipiper, and we will showcase and highlight other weird institutions in Portland uh, and um, memorialize them in a beer. And a portion of those proceeds from uh, this entire beer series will continue to fund and support the activities of Weird Portland United. Um, and uh, the Unipiper beer itself, uh, I mentioned, is it's nearing the end of this uh limited edition bottle but the beer will live on um next week we're going to be canning it so it's going to go through the summer season uh of course hazy ipa is going to be perfect for you know these hot summer days and you'll be able to go into your local 7-eleven fred meyer plaid pantry and uh, pick up a six-pack of uh unipiper hazy ipa nice the um so the brewing of this are you do homebrew as well i do yeah okay how did you get into that or and and what part of that really because you had talked you've helped like not only is this just this is a keep portland weird beer but you were involved very intricately in the recipe and like so many steps of this. right i wasn't going to do this you know if it wasn't a true collaboration if mm-hmm. there wasn't a little bit of the unipiper in every pint it wasn't just like ah, uh, yeah you can put my picture on yeah exa- <laughs> exactly no 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 um so it, <laughs> the best part was um you know we, we decided on style of beer we wanted to go with and uh, IPA is my personal favorite. Um, so also very Portland. 
it style is. of beer. Yeah. yeah. And and that's kind of how I got into home brewing too, is just yeah. being in Portland. Mm-hmm. I mean, how could you not at least have a passing interest in, yeah. in yes. brewing just by living here? I don't here? even drink and I still like have an interest in home brewing. Well, <laughs> uh, speaking of like an older Or at least Portland, the science of it. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, I got into home brewing through the everybody or it's community brewing up on Alberta Street that used to be part of sort of a, a collective house, which is no longer there but uh they would just brew like out on alberta street on the porch every thursday <laughs> so i mean that speaking of place like you just wouldn't see that on alberta street these days or at least i haven't I, in many years but again how could you you know just by uh, osmosis being there you mm-hmm. know you're exposed to it and then you're like oh, this is cool yeah oh totally yeah it's somebody's like what are you doing and you're like come on up yeah let's go brew <laughs> and so that's kind of how i got into it too just having an interest and in, in, uh, wanting to know more about it and what goes into the beers and, and everything um so uh we decided on the ipa and then we did a uh, taste test of like every single hazy ipa on the market it was amazing really we bought like 50 hazy ipas <laughs> and had them all laid out on a table and just went down the line and sort of um to, to find the direction the style uh, that we wanted to chase did mm-hmm. you have like a I don't know, like a check. score sheet. Yeah, score yeah. sheet. Yeah. Check. Okay, this this has this type yeah. of flavor. Check. You know, there were some we were like, absolutely not, but <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> um, and, and so from from there, we did a, a test batch, um, and we we tried some uh, hops, and and at first we thought we make experiment and, and make it a um, a single hop uh, hazy IPA. Um, is kind of a nod to the single wheel, mm. oh, yeah. um, but in the end, we decided we we wanted More to hops. yeah we we wanted the <laughs> flavor to win because go, go bike style yeah, yeah, the, two wheel the message behind this beer and, and you know the fact that it is actually doing something good for Portland we wanted it to be a beer that uh, people would really like and, and want to come back and drink over and over yeah and so from there uh, we decided found the recipe we wanted and uh, we we decided ultimately it's got uh, Amarillo and Denali hops in it. Um, and, uh, uh, so I went in and we, we brewed, uh, yeah, it was, it was really cool getting to brew on the giant, uh, you know, uh, kettle tanks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, so went in for the brew and then the, the bottle, the bottling line, I got to see all the bottles go down and get capped is really neat process. So yeah, um, the, each bottle I, I is, uh, definitely a, a labor of love and um, you know, if you if you see it, this is one beer you don't have to feel guilty uh, drinking because you're you are helping keep Portland weird. Nice, cool, cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming in. It, yeah. It's my pleasure. Um, I should probably also mention yes. uh, since we are on a podcast, if uh, you do have a podcast, I or do have a several. podcast. Yeah. Wait, on top of all the other things, <laughs> right? I, <laughs> if I'm not busy enough. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's the why not factor. <laughs> exactly. You're, you're actually the reason I sat through that horrible Benicio Del Toro movie. <laughs> oh, you watched The Hunted. Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. I, I will say he did a pretty good job like like creating a character out of out of the script. Sure. I mean, it's but it was such a terrible movie. <laughs> I mean, as as someone who lives in Portland, it, you can appreciate it on the level of just seeing Tommy Lee Jones run through downtown yes. Portland, like <laughs> that—that's entertaining. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but uh, so so 
when I find some time, uh, I record with uh, two of my good friends, Todd Workhoven and Mark Middleton. We record a podcast called Portland at the Movies. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are slowly making our way through the catalog of every single movie filmed in Portland. Nice. And uh, we are really trying to dig up the the hidden uh, turds, uh, (laughs) just the absolute (laughs) bottom of the barrel shit. and the surprising, so, more surprising films. So there isn't, there isn't a, uh, I don't know. Like I, in my experience, it doesn't seem like a lot of movies are filmed here. So I would think right. like it would be pretty easy to get through all of them pretty quickly. We thought this was going to be like a two year project tops. Yeah. And, and uh, so there is not one um, exhaustive list of all the movies filmed in Portland out there. There's some that oh. are pretty complete but mm-hmm. we keep adding to our master list and we've come up we've got over 150 films oh, wow. at this point that are interesting been filmed in portland um and, and if you were to ask me like before you said that like how many i would say <laughs> 50 at t- at the top right yeah hmm. um it, for instance here's one that just absolutely blew our mind um in 1971 or maybe it was 72 there, there was a, a movie that came out called defula this was Def- uh, Deathula, like As the word D E A F, yeah, D E A F, and okay. Dracula, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it, it is the only film ever filmed entirely in American Sign Language, and it is oh, a me. it is uh, not only is it about Dracula, but it, it is a completely new story in this world where everyone is deaf, and uh, Dracula comes to Portland and starts killing people, and this detective who previously fought Dracula from England comes over to Portland to help. Capture Deathula. What? And it is filmed in black and white, and it is crazy. Like, there's so crazy on different levels. Like, there are words and phrases and how they say things in uh, sign language. A lot of it's kind of lost in translation. Hmm. Um, I was going to ask, like, there were captions, or did you. There is a dub. Okay. Mm. And and it is a literal dub of what they're signing. And so sometimes you're just like, what does that mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, because the syntax doesn't always. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And there uh, are uh, 10 structural rules within American Sign Language. So depending on how you choose to apply them, I could definitely imagine the translation would be very interesting and and uh just some of the scenes feel like they could have been taken out of the room you know tommy wiseau's uh, oh really disaster oh, yeah. piece yeah. um <laughs> one of my favorite lines now from any movie ever is from from defula and, and within our podcast we reference it all the time but it's so sad because no one else ever gets our reference <laughs> but just really quick there's there's a scene where they're at a bar and um these uh defula no, not defula the the um uh, detective is uh, meeting up with some of the Portland police and they're at the bar uh, kind of talking things over and then uh, two of the police officers who haven't seen themselves seen each other in a long time are sitting down and meeting and they're hugging oh good to see you how's it been and then the waiter comes to take their order and then they order a beer and then it's like uh, and, and some peanuts and then the 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 one cop says to they're like so man just how have you been and then his response was a moment ago I ordered peanuts <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> we say that all the time. <laughs> a moment ago, I ordered peanuts. <laughs> so do check it out if that sounds at all interesting. Um, yeah. We, ha- we, we had to find a copy from like eBay in Germany or something. Okay. It's, it's very hard to find. Um, but we eventually got our hands on a DVD copy and we've since donated that copy to Movie Madness. Yes. Oh, so nice. you now I can go... Love how that's where you went right with that. Yeah. So <laughs> now you can go to Movie Madness and take home uh, and rent Defula. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Is there any um, partnership stuff that you're looking at with the Hollywood or otherwise? Because that's kind of like also speaking of cultural archives for Portland. Yes. Uh, we'd love to do uh, at some point uh, a Portland the movie sponsored showing mm-hmm. of uh, some of these films at the Hollywood Theater. And, nice. You know, we could talk because each episode we kind of talk about the story behind the movie and uh, how it came about. And so we end up with this useless knowledge uh, about all of these portland made movies so it would be a fun thing to do is kind of show some of the the weirdest things that we've unearthed over the years now nice so do check us out at uh portland at the movies uh, dot com mm-hmm. right on and so going back to uh i'm gonna botch it weird uh, weird portland, portland united, united. Uh, everyone Thank wants you. to say united weird <laughs> portland weird united <laughs> wpu uh wow you could be like a soccer team by the way oh, I, portland united yeah Ooh. i'd go for that i'd go for those socks <laughs> the, octo- <Anyways. laughs> the octopus would look pretty cool in there oh, yeah um uh, anyways going back so someone wants to get in touch with uh portland weird portland united yes, yes. uh please sign up uh at the minimum you can sign up for our free monthly uh weird newsletter <clears throat> at the website weirdportlandunited.org um we uh give a monthly roundup of the weird news in portland and uh we have original articles and talk about some of the weirdest things in uh people from portland's past um and also at the website you can sign up and be a member and i'll send you your membership pin and you'll help to keep portland weird um and uh you can email us us directly if you want to do that at, uh, we're at weirdportlandunited at gmail.com awesome thank you yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks, guys. That was fun. Yeah, pleasure having you, and, and thanks for the beer. I'll, I'll be looking for it around town. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to hang out for our news and headlines? Yeah, I'll stick around. Awesome. Okay. Swell. But before either of those, we have... I love, I love, I love, I love don't, don't ever use that. Don't worry, Tim. We will. We Be- came back to that, by the way. We took a break from that. I like it. It was smooth. Like butter over sliced bread <laughs> i'm pulling shitty lord of the rings references thank you spread over too much my yeah. reference was thin like oh wait um <laughs> every second and fourth monday 10 30 a.m from now through march at clever cycles only story f- time only a few more left it's true with critical mass uh every second thursday of every month the Joyful Riders Club in Minneapolis. The second Friday of every month, the Boston Bike Bike Party. The second Friday of every month, the Indianapolis Bike Party. Also, also the second Friday of every month, the East Bay Bike Party. The last Friday of every month, the Baltimore Bike Party. And every second Sunday of every month, right here in Portland, the Corvidai Bike Club Ride. Ka-ka-ka! Also, March 18th, the National Transit is National Transit Drivers Days. That's actually come and gone. Today is the 21st. It is in the past, but you know what? You can mark it on your calendar for next year, just in case you're going to forget, like I did, to take it off of our news and calendar headlines. <laughs> March and you 28th. know, even though it's already in the past, you can still thank your transit yeah. driver. So I did, uh, I took a bus earlier this week because I got a flat tire and ended up having that be my faster mode yeah pretty much 80 percent of people getting off the bus thanked their bus driver and i don't know if it was just that bus but i was like wow that is really nice so it's been a while since you've taken transit i, I take it, it sporadically like okay it if i can get there on a bike i try to get there on a bike generally generally people getting off here in portland pe- general generally people getting off of a bus will say thank you okay um 
which is funny because Minneapolis, which has a reputation for being a much nicer, mm. in mm-hmm. quotes, town, they, they are very nice people over there. Uh, they don't do that. <laughs> so I will ride the bus in Minneapolis and get off and say thank you and then feel like a complete dolt afterwards <laughs> because I'm like, thank you. And yeah. like, you know, I'm coming off, off the, like, or going out the back door uh-huh. too. So I'm like shouting it across <laughs> and I just get this feeling of like everybody looking out the window going like, who is this tourist? Hmm. <laughs> Be the change you want to see in the world. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yes, I'm doing it. <laughs> thank thank gonna, them anyway. <laughs> I'm going to add to the Minnesota nice. Nice. Um... Where were we? March 28th from Dr. Something, another debut of a Transit Center song, Thursday, 9 p.m. at Kelly's Olympian. April 2nd, The Bikes of Wrath at the Regal Fox Tower Stadium at 6.30 right here in Portland. That is correct. And the filmmakers will also be in attendance. Uh, This is one where they... If, if you do have tickets, uh, they have kind of a minimum that they were looking to meet. And I was talking with Charlie earlier this week, and he says that uh, even if for some reason that minimum is not met, they're in works with that theater for that specific showing. So if you want to come hang out with me and Charlie and just see a really cool uh, movie about the Job family or the Jode family traveling, you know, it's the 60th. Or it was like the 60th or the 80th anniversary of Grapes of Wrath. No shit. Yeah, like coming oh. up next month. Uh, so anyway, well, good, well-timed. Yeah. Uh, but it should be a fantastic show. I'm plugging it because I'm going and also because it sounds really fun. Um, but yeah, come check it out. Um, I got a couple analog dates here. Do it. Uh, April 6th, The Tweed Ride, hosted by our friend and yours, Sean Granton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and April 13th in Portland is the Lads 500. Which, it occurs to me, I don't think we've put a team together yet. Well, it's never too late. Unless it's April 14th. in Lads where they ride around 500 times? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 500 laps around Lad circles. That is weird right there. Please <laughs> please never stop doing that, you guys. Whoever's doing that. <laughs> that would be our good friend David Robinson. Yeah. Yes. Clap, clap. <laughs> May 15th, we have a new item on our calendar, courtesy of Gregory Braithwaite in California. Oh, yes. The Santa Cruz, California ride of silence in memory of friends and loved ones killed by cars while riding bikes. Uh, This ride meets in Abbott Square at 6.30 p.m. for departure. And Greg also encourages all of our listeners to seek out a ride of silence event in your town. They're happening nationwide. And um, I have been affected by people in this unfortunate situation uh yeah i'm gonna leave it at that but if you have anybody who bikes you know what is going on out there so uh thanks greg for putting on this ride and i hope that there's a really good turnout for it down in santa cruz right on may 17th through the 19th is our very favorite bike festival that is uh or film festival that is about bikes right here in portland the film by bike festival that, yeah, that's it. Is that, it? <laughs> did that get that got really awkward, didn't it? It's okay. <laughs> I was just letting it like. Sometimes I like to let the awkwardness just kind of simmer, <laughs> the, and then the heat <laughs> rises, and sometimes it turns into just, a nice just soup. Sit in it, know. Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, we'll also have Drew Coleman, who's one of the filmmakers who did the state oh, right. of cyclocross, uh, which is a. 20-minute documentary about cyclocross, uh, specifically as relates to its um, genesis in that form here in Portland, who will be, uh, yeah, on the show to talk a little bit about the work that he's been doing. 
We also have May 26th is the P-Town Throwdown 2019. And that, orig- or that starts at Daddy's Board Shop, which I don't know where that is, but just look it up. And we have some upcoming Film by Bike tour dates. That's right. If you thought Film by Bike was only a Portland thing, you were wrong. Because in Ithaca, New York is on March 28th. Victor, Idaho, May 17th. Champaign-Urbana, Illinois, May 29th. Crested Butte, Colorado, June 27th. Dallas, Texas, June 29th. Detroit, my boys, July 27th. Or sorry, July 12th. (laughs) It's okay. I I got excited, too. (laughs) Missoula, Montana, September 15th. Bendigo, Australia, October 4th. And Akron, Ohio, November 3rd. Which, by the way, I'm going to read a piece of mail um, real quick here. This comes to us from our head of the Department of Baby Get Right. I'll just say this. I got a text from somebody who I love dearly. And... They were very right in saying, hey, you should really say some nice things about Akron, Ohio. <laughs> Damn straight. Because last, our last recording, our last uh, live recording anyways, um, I kind of said, I didn't say anything terribly mean, but I was kind of like, whoa, film by bike in Akron, Ohio? Do they even bike over there? What? <laughs> Maybe it wasn't quite like that, but it was kind of like, you know, <clears throat> maybe not not as flattering and and so first off apologies to everyone in Akron Ohio obviously you bike you got filmed by bike there so how awesome is that good job everyone in Akron Ohio you're keeping it real out on bikes when you know it, the infrastructure is probably not gosh now that sounds like I'm putting them down <laughs> I was gonna say it's not as good here in Portland what I'm trying to say is we live in a bubble and sometimes we can't imagine what it's like to live outside of that bubble. And so when we hear that things within our bubble are happening outside of our bubble, we're like, what? That that, that can't be right. We own this. That can't be yours. So anyways, I apologize, Akron, Ohio. Anyone from Akron, Ohio, please write to us and tell me what an idiot I am because it's true. That was a really dumb thing. And that's it. <laughs> Boom. We need we need a we need a um a speech track. Like we need a sounder. So, some sounder. Yeah, small small towns and small communities. Thank you for doing all that you do to keep the dream alive. Yes. Uh we have Miles of Portraits team. Uh they will be taking the Tour de REI to the southwest. They are riding their bikes 2000 miles from Los Angeles to Santa Fe, New Mexico, stopping at REIs along the way to share their story. And up next, April 4th, is Paradise Valley, Arizona. April 9th, Tucson, Arizona. May 4th, Santa Fe, New Mexico. And May 11th, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Also related to a letter we got last week. Oh, yeah. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that that. later. But first... What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. It circles around the city lights. Pedal just as fast as we can into the morning light. Pedal just as fast as we can into the daylight. Pedal just as fast as we can into the From executive producer Brock Didis sends us news that 
The Pathless Pedaled has new supple stickers and patches in. Yes. They might have left Portland, but they're still near and dear to our <laughs> hearts. <laughs> it's so. currently the background of my, nice. of my phone. I like it. I've got one right on my laptop, which is quickly accumulating stickers, but still has some prime real estate for a supple sticker. Uh, thank you so much to the team at Pathless Pedaled for sending that our way. Also, I got to point out. If you, whoops, I just bumped the mic. If you look at the bike, mm-hmm. those are down tube shifters. That right they now. are. <laughs> what are you trying to like, say, Aaron? <laughs> what are you trying to say? I, I'm saying people who still use down tube shifters in this day and age are just better people. Okay. <laughs> Attention to detail. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'm not saying that they used my bicycle as a model, but there's a lot of similarities between the bike yeah. on here and my bicycle. I saw you like holding it up after the show and like eyeballing it against your <laughs> against your surly. I, I wondered, but now now the answer is clear. <laughs> uh, bike Town implements a fee for improperly locked cycles. That's right. What? Quote, you've probably seen it happen, or maybe you've done it yourself. I have. Uh, locking your Bike Town bike, but not to anything but itself that's how it's done right it's so convenient unfortunately while it may be convenient in the moment it has the potential to create hassles for other users pedestrians and our team who are trying to keep the system running smoothly for everyone in portland in an effort to reduce the increasing number of bikes being improperly secured i.e not locked to anything but themselves or to things like transit stops or in the middle of one of our bridges yes all right so god Yes, there, get on that soapbox, Guthrie. I have eight photos of a bike town bike locked to the west end of the Hawthorne or the uh, Broadway Bridge, and oh, I, it's and that, how did that make you feel? It <laughs> made me feel like biting my tongue because I'm like, I'm not going to be that asshole who tweets about this one fucking bike town bike. But God, does it annoy me when I'm but biking you've kept in? Kept those photos. <laughs> yeah, they're still on my phone. So like that, that's me like trying to get off the Twitter steam train. Uh yeah, there there are definitely some inappropriate places to lock one's bike, particularly in areas of restricted movement, high-speed corridors, pedestrian, cyclists, skate, rollerblade, and unicycle interaction. The Broadway Bridge is not a place to lock your bike. <laughs> or leave your <laughs> Lime scooter. Yes, or leave your Lime <laughs> scooter. They're coming right. back. They're coming back. For better oh. or for worse. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, each time our team is alerted to or encounters an improperly secured bike, the last user of that bike will be contacted with a warning and information about how and where to properly secure their bike town bike the next time they ride. The second and subsequent and each subsequent time that user improperly secures their bike town bike, they will incur a five dollar fee. Ah, which if you well, have at least a they get one mulligan, you that's know. true. It's that's fair. Have a mulligan. Yeah. Yeah. So the only thing I wonder is like. I'm sure it's a hassle, but I just wonder like what amount of hassle versus what could be a positive externality of competing more in line with Lime or other scooter share. So like I raise the question, yes, this is the policy, but also like, could we also look at changing the policy uh, from the standpoint of the system? Yeah. eh, Like Like maybe Bike Town go dockless? What percent of inconvenience is it to Bike Town operation versus like how much money and or like rider share would they get if they're just like yeah whatever like do it don't do it like a jerk but you can do it this way now so mm. I, I i beg that question i feel like it wasn't answered in this announcement but for right now i'm gonna i'm gonna t- hold the line and try to not incur a five dollar fee my my supposition would be that this is happening be in reaction mm-hmm. to the inconvenience. Yeah, it's it's one of those like don't fight the river kind of things. Yeah, I guess in my mind. So we'll, ah, we'll okay. see. We'll see. 
Uh, and because we missed it when it announced another piece of news, uh, there is a new route from northeast to northwest that started on March 3rd. No kidding. A new TriMet? A new TriMet, a new 24-hour bus line that goes, it should be 24 hours, uh, that goes from northwest Portland uh, that previously had no transit service over the Fremont Bridge. Soon, a trip that would have taken at least an hour, say from northeast 50th and Fremont to Legacy Good Samaritan Hospital on northwest 23rd, will be nearly twice as quick. Trips between northeast and northwest Portland will be provided by a revamped line 24, line 24, Fremont Northwest 18th. That route, which currently runs between Gateway Transit Center and Legacy Emanuel Hospital on North Vancouver Avenue, is being extended to cross the Fremont Bridge and run along northwest 18th and 19th Avenues to Providence Park. That's not the only changing thing this spring. They are also improving the service between Clackamas Town Center and Oregon City with the addition of a new line, Line 31, Webster Road, and a streamlined route for Line 79 from Clackamas to Oregon City. So if you've ever griped about how legitimately long it takes to do a transfer um, from northeast to northwest, you now have an additional option available to you. So one of the things that I always counter with whenever somebody complains about um, traffic or bottlenecking or anything like that is, well, not 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 trying to be flippant, but it sounds maybe a bit flippant, but is like, well, just take the bus. And of course, they will always counter, well, the bus is inconvenient. And, and now you'll be like, well, there's this line 24. <laughs> there's a new line, so now it's totally convenient. Exactly. You have no excuses. No, but but it my my big sort of sort of stump that I or or hill that I will uh kind of plant my flag on is, is driving it? driving only gets better when you fund more transit. Mm-hmm. You know, um the less you drive by yourself in your car, hopefully the more demand for transit mm-hmm. comes and therefore more transit happens. Yeah. You can uh, make one thing I harder, be, or you can make other things easier. I may be naive in my thinking, but... Well, there's there's that. It's not a very, like, obvious connection, but the more people riding transit mean the less people in single occupant vehicles. Yes. Vis-a-vis, everybody wins. Uh, or at least that's how I see it. Uh, yeah. So that was our news for the week. And feel free if you have any errant thoughts or other, other weigh-ins that you'd <laughs> like to, you're quite welcome to join in. <laughs> Sounds good. Cool, cool. We got mail. Hey, we got mail. From Wayne Norman in California. Hello, Sprocket Podcast. The Miles of Portrait team, Annalisa and Eric, were at the REI in Arcadia earlier this week. Yes, they were. Which is not too far from me, so I made the trip to meet Eric and to see Annalisa again. And I got to say, right. Whoops. I just lost half my headphones. There we go. <clears throat> Making friends is cool. When friends of my friends make friends, for some reason, I find more joy in that. And mm-hmm. so, like, things like this, when these connections are made, when, when someone who has known us, listened to us, and I, and we've hung out a few times, is now hanging out with people that we've previously known and hung out with, is just... I I don't know. It makes me warm. We're inside. working towards yes. seven degrees. <laughs> um, which he's actually met Annalisa before mm-hmm. on episode 369, but it's really cool that he yeah. you know took the time to go out and hang out with them. Oh, um, totally. And he says, one of the great things about the Sprocket podcast is the community you fostered. 
Never doubt that you make a difference in people's lives. You've certainly made mine better. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. I don't I don't know if I deserve that last line there, but thank you, Wayne. Thanks, Wayne. Yes. Glad you were able to make words. it out to that. And he he sent us a picture of him and Annalisa mm-hmm. and Eric uh, together right there. That's awesome. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Love it. Keep making those connections. It's like your universe is like imploding when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> your worlds are colliding. Ah, new things are created. Uh, from Nation or at Yar2084 on Twitter, you guys need more Aaron and Guthrie shoot the shit episodes. Well, don't worry. There'll be plenty in the future. <laughs> they're, they're Guthrie and Aaron shoot the shit slash Aaron didn't get somebody to fill or to guest that. That's week. okay. <laughs> it's fun to shoot the shit sometimes. No, it's it's cool. It, it works and it is it is fun. From MNK, uh, just listening to your episode on the Steel Skate Park while driving back from Sandy, when, lo and behold, I passed, I think, Brock on Halsey. Portland is a small world. It is. Um, and, like, I feel like I'm not going to try to put you on the spot, but, like, but that we will is a very Portland sentiment, I feel. is it, It's like a big world, but it's also such a small world. Yes. Whether you want to call Portland the largest uh, small city in America or the uh, smallest large city, like, we are at that uh, intersection. Mm-hmm. And I, it's awesome. I feel like whenever I am riding around town or just traveling somewhere, I am almost, if not always, rewarded by being like, hey, if I think I recognize somebody because guess what? More often or not, it <laughs> is actually that person. Even if it's not the person yeah. you think it is, it may be that other person that you actually forgot that you know. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not the guy that I thought, but you're this other guy. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Let's roll with it. <laughs> From Andy K. finally got around to seeing This Girl is Badass. One of the worst movies ever made, an hour too long, not filmed in Portland, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, and or not fortunately, e- <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know yeah, if we want to claim be a, this. That'd way. be a fun claim to fame. Uh, not even the funny parts came remotely close to redeeming it. If it were made <laughs> later, I'd call it a really bad ripoff of Premium Rush. Uh, and if you remember, we did a movie commentary with This Girl is Badass. And I think, in hindsight, what you probably got was an hour of us trying not to say really mean things about the movie. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like, finding that redeeming quality somewhere uh, within. Uh, sure wasn't it, filmed in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think what I've learned from this... So, Portland at the movies isn't necessarily movie commentary while you watch. No, it's, it's you guys, a, we watch it first. And, and then talk, and then talk about, about it, about yeah. It. Yeah, and that's a great format. Um, I wanted to make, and this has happened many times in the past, where we like sort of make more of an interactive experience, where you know we talk about the movie or we make comments on the movie while the movie is playing, you know, and so the listener can watch the movie. Oh and yeah, hear our comments along. A la Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Right, great, great series. Yes, you know? um, but I've learned it's important to watch the movie. Or, yep. or at least skim it beforehand. <laughs> what? Maybe be, That's not before. a good idea at all. <laughs> maybe your first reaction isn't appropriate to share. <laughs> not only that, or maybe this isn't the appropriate movie for our audience. Yeah, you get like 40 minutes in and you're like, damn, I'm 40 minutes in. Right, right. <laughs> well, I'm not going to like stop because there's Committed five people now. in the room. It's now a war of attrition. <laughs> yep. Oh. So send us your terrible movie recommendations that relate to cycling. And... Uh, we might watch them before we watch them. <laughs> and I apologize to anybody who's actually sat through this movie. I, it's it, like, you can tell, though, because it uh, fronted itself as, like, produced by 
Jackie Chan or like partially produced by Was Jackie it? Chan. Oh, yeah. really? Okay. And you can tell there's like <clears throat> there's like almost a line in the sand. Mm. Where like okay, this part was produced by Jackie Chan's money. Oh, and here's where the money dried up. Mm. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we couldn't get the uh, a camera that weekend, so we shot it on the iPhone. Right. <laughs> yeah. Rolling with it. Uh, yeah. I I don't know. I love watching a terrible movie every now and then. If I watch them all the time, I might get a little bit sad. But I I think you sometimes need a way to differentiate one experience from others. And watching. A arguably terrible movie is a great way to like have that palate cleanser so to speak there you go yes yes um, it keeps you from being too snobby I yes guess. i hope so uh big thank you to a longtime supporter who made a generous donation thank to you the so Sprocket much podcast you know, you know who, who you, you are. are and um thank you so much for the support if you are listening in and you are lending your ear to us as always. Thank you for hanging out and for um, joining us in this experience. So whether or not you're donating or part of the Patreon or I- I'm going to stop talking because really we just care about talking with you. And so thanks for tuning in. Yes, we are listener supported except for our drinks. It's true. But also you can just listen to us. Exactly. Yes, please just listen in. Um, yeah, that brings us to the end. Of another episode. Wonderful. One more time. Portland Weird United. Weird, Weird Portland, Portland United. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you totally. Found at weirdportlandunited.org. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, look at this. It's right in front of me. All I had to do was look down. <laughs> Brian, thank you so much for coming on again. Yes. Thank you so much for reaching out. That was so much fun hanging out again. Always a pleasure to have you. You're, you're welcome on any time. Uh, shall we lead on out? I guess so. All righty. The Sprocket Podcast is produced at StreamPDX Community Audio Studio thanks to the generous support of Open Signal. Our website is The Sprocket Podcast. Email to The Sprocket Podcast at gmail.com. Call or text to 503-847-9774. Twitter and the Instagrams at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Kurt Bird for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to our sustaining donors, Shadowfoot, Katharina Mellengard. Wayne Norman, Eric Iverson. Cameron Lean, Richard Bozinski, Tim Mooney. Hi, Tim. Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Eric Weiss. Todd Parker, Dan Gebhardt, who's, who's a, a time, time traveler. traveler. Dave knows. Chris Smith, Caleb Jenkinson, J.P. Cooley. Peanut Butter Jar, Matt, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom. Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder, Anna, hey, I'm going to see you in a couple days. Andre Johnson, King of Division, Richard G. Guthrie Straw, who's sitting right next to me. Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of The Regrainery. Campsite, Mac Nurse David, Nathan Poulton. Chris Rawson, Rory in Michigan, Michael Flournoy. Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay, Tim Coleman. Harry Hugo, E.J. Finneran, Brad Hipwell. Thomas Skato, Keith Hutchinson, Ranger Tom. Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam, Derek Wagner. Jason Optenberg, Microcosm Publishing, David Moore. Todd Grosbeck, Chris Barron, Chris, Chris Barron, Chris Barron. Sean Baird, Simon, Gregory Braithwaite. Thanks for the ride. Oh, yes. Ryan Morrow, Jimmy Diesel, Dude Luna, Matthew Rooks, Ka-ka-ka! Marshall, Pula, Paula at Funitaki Cycle Craft, Philip M. Spartan Dale, No Relation, Mr. T, who never really left, Pike Initiative, Kiwana, and Sarah G. And all of our former donors who helped us get this far. Now brush your teeth and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs>